Welcome to the UALC podcast. My name is Andrea, and I'm here with my co-host Brody. We both work for UALC, and today we are talking with our friend and colleague, Katie Borden. She is the director of worship here at UALC, and I don't know about you, but we have recognized that worship has been disrupted, changed um, in lots of ways because of this pandemic, and we wanted to hear from her about worship in this time of pandemic. So listen in to our conversation with Katie Borden. Well, Katie, welcome. Uh, Our guest today is Katie Borden. Katie is the Director of Worship at Upper Arlington Lutheran Church. She has been our colleague for years now, and we've known her, seems like, forever. A few years longer than that, right? Hi, guys. It's good to be here. So we have invited Katie to be our guest because uh, we have been wanting to talk about worship. Absolutely. Katie uh, has been our Director of Worship. How many years have you been on staff? It's about five years now. Wow. Right? Wow. And before that, you uh, you were a teacher. I was, yeah. I taught uh, elementary music in Dublin for seven years, which was also great. Great. Also great, yeah. Yeah, and we're leading worship here before you were officially the director of worship. Yes. For many years. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I was thinking about that even uh, this week. Just the um, long relationship that I've had with UALC. I mean, I was born into this community of faith and just been blessed to have some of the same people that are here today in our community. I mean, really raise me. You know, I mean, when you hear it takes a village to raise a child, I feel like I was that child sometimes. (laughs) Like my parents needed needed this community uh, for which I, and I'm sure they are really grateful, but um, yeah, I actually jumped into a volunteer role when I was in high school, so that's close to 20 years ago now. Yeah, I know, gross, right? (laughs) Um, Singing with the worship team and learned so much just by um, being around other people who were much more experienced and much more talented than I was, but uh, learning what it looked like to... lead people in worship. And then um, somewhere along the way, I think Buff Delcamp took me out to lunch and said, hey, come play and lead for one of the services are at that time, the celebration service at Latham Road. uh, Let's try it for like a week. Come step in for a week. And then six years later, I'd been doing that for six years. (laughs) Yeah, it was. And that was just such a rich time, too, to just stretch new muscles and learn a new way of leading a team. And And um, I have to say a masterful ask. As somebody who asks volunteers to do things, well done. I think Buff Del Camp's figured a few things out over the what, four years. To be fair, it was a a temporary, like, step in for a week, and then it was, do you want to do this for more than a week? And, you know, as the way things go, I was ready for, you know, what's next, God? And that was the next step at the time. And God keeps putting, you know, next step after next step in front of us. That's so. that's actually another thing that I admire about you is that you are aware of, God, if there's more, let's go. And so another reason why I was excited about having Katie 
as a conversation partner today is you're a seminary student. Andrea is a seminary student. I'd like to get some insights from people who are learning freshly. Well, I'd love to hear. First year seminary students. How from celebration worship lay leader to fast forward now staffer and pursuing a seminary degree. Those are lots of big leaps. You know, yeah. (laughs) When I think about um, five years ago, we were actually just talking about this before um, our conversation here, what things look like in the rearview mirror. You know, um, when I look back five years and I remember um, stepping into this role, it was a season in my life where it was very clear that God was shifting things and um, I had really found a groove in like my teaching and the the roles in worship leadership that I was in. I was comfortable, which I've learned mm. is a place where God doesn't leave you for very long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and and making that transition was a leap of faith. But um, I'm so amazed at what God has done in those five years. I think I've seen Him work in ways beyond what. I could have even imagined, right? I feel like that's somewhere in the Bible. God yeah. says that, right? Oh, it, yeah. It's Ephesians 3 where, you know, things beyond what we could ask yeah. or imagine. And, mm. and uh, yeah, in this process of learning, I, I think I've learned so much in this last season, these five years, and recognizing I think I had forgotten how much I love to learn. I'm like secretly, maybe not so secretly, I don't know, kind of a nerd. and uh, It's not a secret. I, okay, cool, mm. cool. So I want to hear a little bit about how worship and COVID for you mm. have gone together. Like yeah. COVID is, has <laughs> implicated all of our community and how we worship. Yeah. But I just, from a personal level, I'd love to hear, you know, how, how are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, that's a, a very big question, and I think to answer it honestly probably requires some, some a little bit of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So if just, you know, allow me a little bit of that space yeah. to say, um, first of all, I am um, a verbal extrovert <laughs> who... Uh, does not have other people living around her 24-7. And so just the fact that my own little personal slice of the world, which is so small, but, you know, as an individual, it is your world, got turned upside down, and that was really difficult at first. You know, I really struggled, and um, the Lord heard a lot of lament in those first few weeks of of our time of isolation and, you know, stay-at-home uh, phase of of this COVID pandemic, I think as we talk about looking back, right, mm-hmm. at what God was doing, I think um, I think that was a gift, and I I don't want to equate that with saying that this pandemic is a gift because I don't yeah. I don't believe that, and I don't want to say that. But how God used it in my life was a gift because I think he broke me out of patterns and out of systems that I think I had come to depend on um, and also provided an opportunity to just step away. I think as 
leaders of the Sunday morning experience, sometimes it's really hard to step away and be able to kind of assess what's happening. What am I doing? What is God doing here? How am I partnering with him? When am I getting in his way? What am I doing that's beneficial for myself and the community? And what's actually harmful? Mm -hmm. And I think um, for me, being able to step back and kind of just be in a posture of humble, being a humble recipient on on our Sabbath, you know, Sunday mornings during our our worship at home, um, we would, you know, the peek behind the curtain, Brody and Andrea, you were also both part mm-hmm. of UALC's uh, worship production in that season, and we would come in and pre-record the elements of yeah. our service that we would kind of walk through together, scattered at home, mm-hmm. right? Um, which then left Sunday as a day to worship more like someone in the pew than I think I have done in a long time. Yeah, if that, that makes sense. That, oh, yeah. That for me was just very, very odd. <laughs> we have been spending our Sunday mornings really actively working, leading people in worship, Andrea with our children's ministry, uh, leading our kids' church programs. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like, we're making pancakes for our kids, <laughs> and we're <laughs> sitting, the five of us, together, yeah. and we are uh, participating in a worship service, albeit online, which is totally weird. But we haven't done that maybe in our children's whole lifetimes. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Right. And and similarly for simil- you, yeah. you're always at the front of house leading people. You did your work earlier in the week. We recorded it, and now we were experiencing it with everybody else. Right. It was just so weird. So different. But I think I needed it in a way to just kind of be humbled before the Lord, like, you know what? I, I kind of don't need you (laughs) to make this happen, you know, like, and it really gave me some pause. Like at first it was almost an identity crisis. Like if I'm not doing this on a Sunday morning, then what am I? You know, the existential identity crisis. And that, I think that starts to reveal even some idols in your life about, you know, God doesn't need me. Now he has given each of us the opportunity to engage in worship. And that's both the people who are maybe at the front of the room when we think of worship in gathered space, right? Mm-hmm. But also those of us who do sit in the chairs, the pews, um, that worship is all of us doing this together. And and one of the things that I've come to really be appreciative of is that worship is so much more than my personal expressive spiritual experience with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I think um, there are times that that pressure, um, Aaron Nequist, who's a worship leader, curator, and he's now a consultant for churches in in the U.S. and and beyond, um, he he said it this way, that there is a pressure... Sometimes people in that role, there's a pressure to deliver an amazing spiritual experience every seven days. 
And that comes with an exhausting emotional toll. Mm. And it also may inadvertently communicate to the community, you can't worship without us, without the people that are up front, which is not the intention of the leadership of the body. That's not what we ever intend to communicate. But I think sometimes we find ourselves inadvertently in those positions. And as someone who is an emotionally wired, expressive, demonstrative person, I think that is a place where I can inadvertently communicate that sometimes. Um, and it's, it's such an important thing, I think, for all of us, myself included, to realize that worship is so much more than that. I think we think about worship as my expressive offering to God and um, there is so much more mm-hmm. at work, you know. Worship begins with what God has done for us, yeah. right? Mm. Worship, first and foremost, is God acting. Well, I, yeah, I that has been my same kind of breakthrough about worship as well. And I find that such an interesting juxtaposition that I have recognized my utter ordinariness Mm. Like my, I am just one of a body, a corporate body that none of us are in that sense, uniquely, and we are unique and beloved in the eyes of Christ, right? right? So, but with that, we also are just a part of this body where I might be a finger or an ear or, you know, and that's wonderful, but a part. And that's very ordinary and that like holiness is found there in both of those pieces at the same time and that it took almost removing myself from it in my own home to discover that all again right. once again that truth about corporate worship right yes and and I think too I, I love what you said about you know I am an individual who is deeply loved by by God and and purchased redeemed yeah. right through the work of Christ we are also a body. We are a people that God has called to himself. And I think there's there's a tendency, at least in my own mind, to think of this as an either-or. And um, I'm either an individual or I'm part of this group. And so me as an individual means nothing. And I think this is one of the things I've become, like, here, I'm almost, I'm getting so worked up about this. I'm so excited. This is part of what I think has been such a, a gift that God has kind of revealed to um, to his people in this season is that he is so much bigger and so, so far beyond our understanding that he can have a, a direct connection with an individual and be working in the midst of a body, a gathering, a collected group of people, right? His body, um, that worship can be both formational. Mm-hmm. Um, it can it can form us. It's not necessarily what we're thinking and, and my choice of what I'm doing and how I'm acting, though that's also true, right? I, I do get to bring myself and we bring our gifts before the Lord, but it's but it's also God doing work in us, and it's that first and foremost. And so I think that was one of the things that was at first when I started thinking about this years ago was a little disorienting. Like I had I had come to believe that this was a 
act that I was doing, bringing my worship before the Lord, which is not untrue, but Mm -hmm. I think it's maybe not a complete picture. (laughs) And that God is, is able to have all of these things be true all at the same time, which just yeah. boggles my mind. Yeah, that'll flip your lid a little bit. The the thing that you <laughs> said that has been a, a part of worship that has, I don't know, been a difference maker for me is just remembering that, again, God is the the first to act. God is the subject of the sentence. God is the one that is really doing something. We are responding to what God has done. Um, we love because God first loved us. Um, God has, in in mercy and generosity, uh, come near has come near to us um, as we draw near to God. Yeah. And but but remembering that God is the first to act that has been a part of worship that has been a difference maker for me. Yeah, and and that He's working in the midst of our lives, even when we may not be cognitively aware of it. You know, I think we are so, we are so quick in our modern era to think about things from a cognitive perspective. Um, but James Smith, he is a um, professor at Calvin College, and he wrote a book uh, on worship called You Are What You Love. And it's a it's a great read if um, anybody is wanting to kind of dig a little deeper into this, that it is not only expressive, right? Worship is not only expressive, but it's formative and it's doing something in us that is even beyond our cognitive understanding, right? It's like, it's habit forming. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think about um, when I was a kid taking piano lessons and I, you guys, I hated practicing my <laughs> scales. Like, I just hated it. It was so boring to me. <laughs> so boring. But that was so important to be able to build skills. And it ingrained this habit. Like, my fingers started to learn their way around the keyboard until they kind of didn't have to think about it, right? It was like yeah. muscle memory. I, I almost think of it... In that way, sometimes our worship is forming these habits in us, even when we don't have that like super emotional spiritual experience. And again, like I said, I am all about God moves in those moments too. And yeah. and I am so grateful for that. He moves in, in ways that speak to every person who might be wired differently, right? Not everybody is wired like me. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> but... He can move in in an in an expressive experiential way, but he also moves in in the ways that he kind of forms us through those mm-hmm. habits. And yeah. so I know when people talk about, gosh, worshiping the pandemic, worshiping at home, it was so hard. Like it is just not the same. And my response is, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it might be hard. The gift and the grace of God is that he is still working and he's mm-hmm. still forming yeah. you, which is so freeing. Yes. Right. And that that formation and that repetition, uh, it does change us, and it it does things to us. I, I during this time of pandemic, I can't remember if it was a podcast or an author that I was listening to, and they were recounting um, their experience of the September 11th terrorist attacks, 9/11, mm. 
And they recognized after the, they were beginning to wrap their mind around the just terrible, terrible, terrible uh, devastation, loss of life, loss of safety, so on and so forth. Right. They were craving the taste of, of wine in their mouths. And they associated that with a desire for communion. Oh, wow. That, that, that the experience of regularly taking communion uh, had become so formational that when they needed comfort, when they needed to be reminded of God's presence, yes. they longed for that taste in their mouth. And I thought to myself, what else? I mean, this is what God does to us in worship. Right. Um, and, and I hope that these experiences of worship, like our confession and forgiveness, when we, when we admit to God what we have done wrong, and then we hear in our ears the words of forgiveness, God saying, you are forgiven, you are set free, uh, that when we find ourselves doing something that we know is wrong, that we might have just a, ref, a reflex action that we will remember what, what worship has done for us, that every Sunday at our church we confess our sins and we are reminded of God's forgiveness, that we will just long for those things, that we will just long for those things. Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful how we... Um, Another author that I'd read, she talks about worship almost as rehearsal and not like it's a practice not and it's not the real thing, yeah. right? Yeah. But it it re-engages us and reminds us and draws us back in over and over to the beautiful redemptive narrative mm. of of God through all creation and and how he is continually calling people to himself and just that overarching narrative of God's story throughout. Yeah, and don't yeah. we need that long view of history in this moment right now more than ever because it feels so difficult to remember the exodus, to remember right. all of these stories of God's people being in desperate need, crying out and and God addressing, not necessarily always with physical safety or um, even bodily redemption on this earth, but still his story reigns. And the hope that, yeah, there is coming yeah. a day, right, where all will be made new and his kingdom will reign, justice and peace and the flourishing of, of humankind I just, I long for that day, and I am so appreciative of how, what God does as we worship together, both somewhere deep in our bones without us realizing it, cognitively and, and emotionally, that he's drawing us into that, that he invites us into this story where he has an encounter with us, where he's forming us. Um, it's just, it's such a beautiful gift of God. Yeah. And and it also trains us in a way then to live that gift, live into that gift, you know, the under, other 167, right? Did I do my math right? 167 hours of the week, right? Where mm. worship is also, you know, a daily, a daily thing we're doing, daily, hourly, right? Our, our spiritual act of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that I was I was uh, yesterday pulling weeds with my quarantine, and uh, we were talking about. Um, one person mentioned, like, gosh, pulling weeds is an act of worship because in some ways it is participating with God in the, like, restoring um, restoring creation and, and providing opportunity for the growth and the flourishing of the things that we're cultivating, just as God does that in our creation. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, yeah, yeah, what an act of worship that is to be reminded of that and participate with God in in what he's doing, even in those small, most ordinary moments of life. Yeah. So what would you say to uh, a person who is struggling right now with the way that worship is, whether they're in our church body or just a Christian listening to this podcast? I, I do do think that we church professionals think a lot about these things, and I love that we've yeah. just geeked out about it. It's so fun. <laughs> Told you, um, nerd. Yeah. Nerd hour here. <laughs> but for... You know, I imagine there are people struggling, yeah. whether they don't feel comfortable coming to worship or they have come and it's still challenging for them. Um, do you have a word for that? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, the the word that comes to mind is honesty. I think to be honest with yourself, with the Lord, um, with your community, like that this is hard. Um and and that's okay, you know. I don't think that I don't think that there's probably ever going to be this side of the of the new creation, right? Um, a time when it all feels right and good. Um, and also, I think so. In that honesty, to then invite the Lord into that honesty. Um, and trust, like he's, he is good and, and he is still working. That's right. We talked about God is at work in worship. And, um, I think when we remember that God is working and God is doing something in us, even when we don't see it, that's part of the reality of being human, right? We are unable to, um, secure our own redemption, our own righteousness, right? Um, There's so much that we are incapable of. We're finite, but God is doing anyway. Um, But that also, you know, again, like that long view of the, the great, the greater narrative Mm -hmm. that God is, God is at work and there's coming there is coming a day when all will be made right. And um, in the meantime, you know, I think about it, at least in my own life, when it's, when it's really difficult, if I even feel, I mean, there is not a gathering of God's people where I think every person loves every minute of it or feels like they're able to engage. Um, I think particularly in this time, we feel particularly isolated from each other. Mm. Um, that's where I think the sacraments also are such yeah. a beautiful reminder. Like, right, we were talking about the being at the Lord's table together. Like, His presence is both promise and comfort um, and truth. Mm. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that, and I we just really appreciate you sharing. Yeah both from Thanks. just a vulnerable perspective, but also just yeah. as a, our worship leader here at UALC, 
We are so grateful. Well, thank you. It's been such a great conversation and an opportunity just to share how we're all learning. You know, we will never exhaust the depths of who God is and what he's doing, but it's it's exciting to get to talk about it and learn together. So thank you. Amen. Thanks, Katie. Special thanks to our friend, Katie Borden. Also, special thanks to Steve Gill, our audio engineer. And we want to give you a little bit of information about what to expect with the UALC podcast. Um, For those of you who are here in Central Ohio, you know that school has started. And Andrea and I actually have three children, one in college, one a junior and one a freshman, that we need to give some attention to as they get started on this uh, new e-learning experience. And so we are not going to have podcasts drop on September 4th and 11th, but we will be back on September 18th. And we are doing some work to have some conversation on the generations. Uh, We really hope that you'll come back. We really like to hear your feedback. You can reach out to us at podcasts at UALC.org. And we will see you again on September 18th.